Kia ora, New Zealand. Welcome to Sweet Chain Live. My name's Matt Drake. This is episode 59. Woo! Ex- indeed, indeed. Um, and excuse um, uh, where I am. In uh, I'm in my spare room uh, right now. Um, you recall a couple of weeks back we talked about um, we were moving to a new studio and warehouse facility. Well, that's in the process, and uh, and so we're just uh, we're just having to make do with now with what we have. So, uh, but good evening, Brady Cush. Uh, good evening, Matt. Uh, yeah, missing the missing the discs. You know, like it's just kind of bland behind you now. Well, it is a little bit. Um, but I, I would say wait for wait a couple of weeks. Uh, well, maybe more than a couple of weeks six weeks uh when we've moved into our new studio and the new studio is going to be decked out with all sorts so uh so something to look forward to uh there for your visual pleasure now will there be a a certain first run disc on that wall behind you once that new studio is in place uh there'll be a few first run discs i would have thought yeah any rumor has it yeah you have a overseas first run that doesn't even exist anymore well, exists in plastic, but it's been reground into other plastic. Oh, what you the the Castaplast yarn you must be referring to? Yes, I was uh, fortunate enough to pick up a nice minty yarn um, earlier on. Um, then yes, it will be uh, it will be on show. So um, oh, yes, I shall uh, I shall be flexing that later. Anyway, uh, let's get on with tonight's show. Uh, we've got a great show tonight. Um, hot scores first up. Um, then we're going to go and we've got Mikey Yu uh, joining us this evening um, following his win at uh, the Queenstown Classic last weekend. Um, and then we're going to go into a bit of a deeper dive on power rankings. So uh, we've got the latest power rankings from the Queenstown Classic. But if you uh, are disappointed each week that you don't see your name on the power rankings, well, this week might be your week as we go deeper and uh, we go down as far as the top 60 ladies and the top 100 men. Um, don't worry, I still don't make it. So, uh, so we can see that. <laughs> uh, we uh, we'll, we'll be doing that. Um, we'll be doing that shortly. Um, right. So Brady, kick us off. Hot scores down south. Hot scores. Yeah, let's kick us off down south as ever in Invercargill in the alternate layout. Thank you guys for turning off all the other layouts to help us at Sweet Chain out. Uh, at Queen's Park, Ethan Stout and Johnny Ferrari coming in with a hot round of minus 13 this week. Um, over to Dunedin and Chingford Park, we have Jack Maffey coming in at seven under par. Uh, in Brockville, um, Harry Fraser and Matt Pritchard coming in at even. Um, over to the Gardens, everyone getting ready for the Classic. We have Stuart Gilcrest, Pete McRae and Alexander Bashford coming in at minus 10. Um, over at Tucker's Beach, not many rounds were played, so Alex Page takes it out with a hot round of plus three this week. Let's hop over the Crown Range out to Ely Point. Vinny Wilson down from Auckland coming in at minus three for the hot round at Ely. Nice shooting. And Vinny Wilson again popping up at Lismore Park ties John Menzies at six under par for the hot round in Wanaka. Up to the Garden City, up to Christchurch and Jelly Park, Gregner Brosnan coming in at minus 15. Uh, good shooting for Gregor. Brooker Ave, we have Joseph Berry and Jeremy Brockenshire coming in at seven under par. Uh, Queens Park this week, we have Ashton Clark coming in with the perfect round of nine under par. Great shooting, Ashton. Uh, and shout out to the Nelson boys, to Nelson Tasman Disc Golf in Branford Park at the pop-up. Anthony Andrews coming in at 16 under par for the hot round this week to round out the South Island. Matt, take us through the north. 
Fantastic shooting. Um, well, a certain Gus Van Gisteren came to the capital uh, this week um, and took out Berenpoor with an eight under par off the main tees. That's tied the course record, I believe, Brady. You've hit that score a few times. But, um, yeah, once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Good shooting. That's the, uh, that's the best score of 2022 so far. Um, he tied with you to take out the hot score at Hikoikoi with five under par. And also had time to get up to Harcourt Park and shoot three under for the hot round there. So well done to Gus for destroying Ooh, Wellington. Ooh, hat trick for the capital. Um, uh, Arthur Horn hits the hot round in uh, Palmerston North. Up at Linklater um, uh, in the mighty Manor 2. And over at Spa Park um, in Topor, it's Sean Ashford and Steve Lawson who tie um, on even par. Across to Flaxmere, Rado K shoots the hot round with a plus one. And up at McLaren's, Brad Taylor um, shoots even in Todonga. Um, and up at Henderson, it's Richard Watson um, who hits 11 under par of the League 18 round. Speaking of the league up in Henderson, uh, Michelle Simpson uh, did enough this week to uh, take out uh, the ladies' division with a four under par. And Les Watane, um, the uh, amateur Masters champion, takes out the. Um, the uh, men's division in, at Henderson. Um, we also had some sanctioned disc golf this evening being played down in Christchurch at the Thursday Throwdown. Um, and it wasn't Jaden Watkinson who took it out this week. Uh, indeed, it was Joseph Berry and Mana Placid both tied uh, at 14 under par. That was 10 10 rated. Uh, so very well done. Jaden came in third. And in the ladies' division, Sapa Waidua. Uh, new name, um, shoots plus five to take out the ladies' division. So well done to her. Right. Um, we Last weekend was the Queenstown Classic um, in uh, the gardens around Queenstown. Um, we've got the results uh, The results of the weekend in MPO. Um, we ha you had Jack Bailey and Ashton Clark tied for sixth. Roddy McKay, great performance uh, um, to finish fifth. Uh, ben Wheelake uh, finished fourth. Morgan Hartvell, great performance again from Morgan to come in third place. Jaden Watkinson, national champ Jaden Watkinson in second place. And as we said, Mikey U takes out the win. Um, in the open, ladies, uh, new name Michaela Crisp um, takes out the ladies division. Um, and in the Pro Masters, uh, Hemi Teofito takes out the men's and Nicholas Stout takes out the ladies. Um, so joining us this evening is um, the MPO champion, uh, Mikey Yu. Good evening, Mikey. Hey, guys. There we are. How are you this evening? Uh, doing well, doing well. Um, That's a lot of hardware behind you. Sorry, a lot. What? Oh, uh, the hardware, like the trophies. Are those both from Classic? Did you win yeah. two? Yeah, so if you get like the the hot round and the over and the open, they're like so. Uh, this one is the like the men's open win, and then this one, which is oh, I'll move things. with the big stone underneath it, is the local uh, local one, where if you like the local hot round and, and best one. <laughs> it's heavy I think it's, it's a good getting close to like well 15 kilos or something 10, 10 to like yeah it's heavy um, so yeah 
pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say the uh, the result from this weekend. I mean, you, you mentioned you've got the hot round trophy there. You shot three of the four hottest rounds. The other one was tied in third with you, um, uh, and so it seemed like uh, you were kind of cruising by by the by the sort of third round, middle of the third round. At, at what point did you did over the weekend? Did you kind of think I've got this? I've, this is wrapped up. Um, the third round for sure pretty much solidified it and I knew it was definitely done by that stage. Um, the, after the, well, when I finished the first round or partway through the first round, uh, I looked, uh, and, and, and saw Ben on a different card and I was like, Oh, how's it going? And, and you know, he's like, Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, I kind of felt the same. Um, <laughs> I feel that we were really pushing to, to do well. Um, well, I didn't feel that I was pushing to do well. And then it turns out we came in with equal firsts for the score with, uh, on, the, on the first round. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess everybody else didn't, didn't do better then. Um, and then the second round was, yeah, a little bit better, a couple of shots better. And I still wasn't putting as good as what I wanted and, and missed a few. Um, and... Yeah, and then third round the next day, I was like, "Oh, I'll surely I'll do better again." But ended up with the same at fourteen down, and was like, "Oh, well, I guess you know that's that's enough because I had you know a few more shots to spare." So I was like, "Okay, cool." And then the last round, everybody started a bit poorly. Like if you look at the the scores for that last round, there was a lot of um, unfortunate bogeys and un unneeded bad scores in that round <laughs> and, and still came out 10 down um, and added an extra shot to my lead. So I was like, okay, I guess, you know, it'll, it'll all be okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I was, I was checking at the, during the fourth round as well, just to be sure where, where it was at, at sort of the halfway point. And I thought, oh, I probably lost a few strokes um, considering how badly things were going. And, I realized that I'd gained a stroke and went, oh, okay, well, then I guess I'll just, I'll definitely chill out. <laughs> so. Well, it, it seemed to work because in that middle section, you went on an eight-hole eight, eight hole birdie streak. So do, do, do you think it was that kind of being chilled out, I've got this in the bag, I can kind of foot off the gas almost, I, I you know, I can take it, uh, does your mindset change? And did you think that had a, had a positive impact? Definitely. Um, you just sort of more relaxed and you're not too worried about it. you're like well i know i can just play my normal shots i don't have to try to do anything um out of the ordinary um and it will all work and gardens is not a big course it's a course that anybody can win on you just need to be consistent um in the lines that are there it's it's not a distance course where a huge amount of distance is going to have an advantage I mean, there's only three holes where that kind of even sort of matters. But even then, a lot of the time, you know, any, everyone's going to take a three on, on um, at least two of those holes. Um, and then if it works out and you throw a good drive, you know, you're parked and you'll take the two so you get, you know, an extra shot on everybody. Um, but, you know, a three is totally okay. Mm. Um, you don't have to get the 
the eagle on those holes. Uh, if you were to get the eagle on hole 15, which is the longer hole on the course, that's sort of the true par four. Um, yeah. You're definitely taking a stroke on everybody. Um, yeah, there's something going on there. If you take an eagle on that <laughs> hole, it's, uh, it's very difficult. It is doable, though. I've seen people get up there. I mean, I've hit the basket for the two myself, but I'd never – it's not stayed. Um, mm. And I've seen, you know, Ben get up there and get kind of close. Um, I know Roberts can definitely throw a drive far enough. I'm sure Jay uh, Watkinson could probably get a drive down there far enough to have a long putt. Mm. But, it, you know, you've got to put it in. And still, as far as I know, no one's done it yet. Um, all my attempts have been from – outside sort of you know in that edge of circle three there have been long long putts or throwing and it's you know you you'll still try every round i still try and do it well it's interesting you know like i was going back through scores and, and looking at like kind of the score separation between like players you know like and you were just up here in the capital for nationals with you know where it was pretty close like most players were like one to two strokes between kind of like each place, you know, but you were nine strokes out the front. Like you were eight strokes out the front, like going into the fourth round. It, yeah. Like, is it the course? Is it the competition? Like what kind of changes from like nationals to Queenstown that like people might not see if you are just looking at the scores? Hmm. It's, I mean, it's a much more wooded course than what it was at, at nationals. Um, and it's not as long. So if you've got a good short and touch game, you don't have to putt too much. So even though I didn't feel my putting was very good, as long as I was parked, it didn't matter. Um, and putting it close and, you know, inside, you know, inside the inside circle, like it's, you're generally going to make most of those putts, um, which worked out well. Uh, whereas nationals, you know, longer course, consistency in long drives and more wind. Um, there was a lot more wind at Wellington than there was for the gardens. There was a bit of wind in the gardens. It wasn't crazy. Um, I've definitely played it in a lot worse in previous years and had <laughs> very equal. Like if you look at last year's, um, last year's scores, uh, you'll probably see that the same thing happened essentially. I think I won by... 11 or 12 shots overall. Um, it was essentially the same kind of situation, but there was a few, there was more rain, there was more wind, um, and the weather conditions were a bit more variable. Um, but, you know, obviously there was some people that weren't playing this event that were playing the last one, and then there were people playing this one that weren't playing uh, last time. So it's... I don't you know. To me, it didn't make any difference. I feel like that was still fairly normal play for the gardens for me, um, except for a lot of the bogeys in the last round, which were just foolish. And, and what was it like coming down the stretch? You know, like Jay put on quite a performance up here, you know, like for nationals and, and you know, like the putting display and just kind of his general play overall, yeah. you know, like, yeah, he kind of made that kind of late charge, like you talked about. You and Ben were out the front after the first couple rounds, you know. Like, but at the end of the day, like you, Morgan, Hemi, you know, like the Queenstown crew and like the good Queenstown crew, like rose to the top. 
Yeah. Did you ever felt like there was a charge coming? You know, like, did you ever like, were you nervous at all playing your home course and being a defending champ with the national champion, like coming at your heels as it were? Well, I mean, we were on the same, he, he was unlucky to not be on the same card in the second round. Um, so Jin, uh, who was one of the other, our, our other local guys, uh, who filmed his own round as well at the same time. So you'll find that on his, on his YouTube channel. If you look up Jin. Right. Um, and he made the lead card, um, for the second round. So because his PDGA number is older than what Jay's is and they had yeah. the same score. Um, so Jay didn't quite get in there and it was cool for Jin to make the lead card. I was pretty stoked for him for that. Um, and then on the third round is when Jay was on the same card as myself with Morgan as well, I think um and you know and when we all stayed in the same card um and until the end for the rest of the the day I, I wondered if he was gonna you know start just making crazy putts from far far away or um if it was gonna come together like that and i tried to get him to do it i was like oh so we're we gonna see some of those putts and you know he did bang a few epic putts um from deep circle too and he made some killer ones which were amazing but he also missed a lot of putts too like he wasn't feeling his putt in the same kind of way i mean i wasn't putting the best it's just local knowledge and landing closer to the basket on more of the drives gave me more tap in putts whereas he had to work harder for his um, and that's probably what made a difference he learned and changed his shots from the third round playing the round with me playing the last round as well so there were certain holes where he felt that he mustn't have done as well and he watched what i did in the third round and he then changed and copied that shot and that worked out for him um like on hole seven which was like an extended um t-pad and you had to play either like a mid-range hard and flat with a with a soft finish or you could play like a firebird and just sort of chop forehand it and then have it flex back and make sure you made it around the mandatories. Um, and that's what I was doing. And he saw me do that and park it. And so he was like, Oh, I guess that's what I should be doing. Um, and then that's what he did in the last round and parked it was like right there under the basket, um, which just shows that he's paying attention and he looks at, how it's meant to be done and then go, Oh, okay. I need to do this and then executes it, which is awesome. And it shows how much of a great player he's going to be. Like he's already good and he's only going to get better. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, I'm Henry's made the comment there that the home course helps. If you have a look at the, the results, um, other than, other than Jay, uh, the top six, I think finishes were all, uh, Queenstown based. Mm. Um, and, uh, many more people, um, who performed well this 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 weekend came from came from Queenstown. Um, Hemi's also got a question. Um, did you feel your injury was hampering you a bit? Um, back my back's been bad for a long time, but it's come good, um, and that's thanks to a guy named Luke James who helped me out and was doing acupuncture for me, um, which was amazing. And that and cupping and and a whole lot of that sort of uh, like you know Chinese medicine. Um, which worked really, really well. 
So he's got a practice uh, in Queenstown under Fantail Fingers, so and he does amazing work, uh, massage and stuff as well. Uh, but more so my knee was the worst part. It just gets quite angry, especially in the second round. Um, and it, it makes it a little bit annoying. Um, I'm, I'm still working my way through it and looking to, you know, maybe get more surgery or something um, in the, in the future to try and resolve my knee issues. Cause I'm not sure what else I can really do. It's just, it progressively mm. gets worse and, and it's, <laughs> it's unideal. I guess that's, that's, that's going to be symptomatic of the, the fact you're playing 42 holes of disc golf in one day for two days in a row. Um, no, I no? don't think that's the case. It's more, it's because I've had multiple ACL replacements and other surgeries on that knee and being my right knee, if I'm throwing like a righty backhand, mm -hmm. when you plant your foot and just twist and rotate on it, it that's what it hates. So oh. I'm trying to work out ways to place my foot so that I can still play backhand shots mm. that not put as much stress on, in that twisting, rotating <laughs> movement. Well, you might, you might have to lean on your forehand as well. Luckily, that's, <laughs> you know, I can do that. I have that, I have that so if you went back and like were to give your like 21 year old self advice to like, you know, take care of your body better, you know, at this stage, like what advice would you give like younger Mikey? Um, well, I guess the problem with that is, is I may not have ended up playing disc golf. So if I was to say, listen, listen to your, listen to your mom when she says, look before you jump over something. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then I wouldn't gap, a, you know, a, a fifty-foot windlip in the snow and land on a big <laughs> rock, which just caused all of my problems. But then, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have started playing disc golf at all. Um, because when, after having knee surgery, uh, one of the later times, I wanted to go out and, you know, be able to do something in the sunshine that was low impact. Um, and disc golf was what I, you know was available to me living in Queenstown and I just started working at small planet. So I was like, Oh, mm. there's all these discs here. Surely it's the right thing to go and try. Um, yeah. And realized that I was decent at it and, and then went for it. So sure. Looking before you leap is good. As long as it doesn't stop <laughs> you from finding a sport that you're going to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and now That's I amazing. just saw, speaking of small planet, um, you know, they just got a, a small, uh, restock of uh, of like Latitude and Innova. You know, like I know that you work there. I know that you have heaps of disc knowledge and that kind of stuff. Are there any discs currently that still like excite you that like when you see them, you're like, man, this is prettier. I can't wait to throw this disc. Um, yeah, th there's definitely discs in there that uh, are going to get, um, I'm assuming, released on, you know, the Facebook page so that everyone will have kind of sort of fair chance. Um, Looking at cool new Halo discs is always awesome. Um, seeing what like Innova are doing, obviously with the uh, redoing slash re-releasing the Discmania molds. Um, there's a few of those, uh, which a lot of people will be like. So if you can't get yourself one of the new FDs or something like that, the original version, which a lot of people love and still want to throw, 
is going to be available um, just under a different name. Uh, so I'm always keen to try new discs and throw new stuff and looking at them all. I mean, you know, new, even other companies, um, you know, like new cloud breakers and, and new disc craft stuff is always cool to go and look at. And, you know, if I get the opportunity to test them or throw them, um, it's always nice to know what they're like comparatively to what I'm throwing. Um, especially being someone who works in there and sells discs, you need to know what things are going to fly like because otherwise you give people, you know, the incorrect advice. So I'm still stoked for cool discs, um, for sure. So for you, next is Paradise. Correct. In a couple yeah. of weeks' time. Now, by your own standards, last year's um, Paradise perhaps didn't go as well as you would have liked. It's dismal. Um, <laughs> so, 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 what do you what do you think is going to be? Do you have to do differently this year? And what can you take from the um, the success that you've that you've had here um, into into Paradise to give yourself a better result this year? Um, I guess, like I've you know, going been going out and practicing a little more at Tucker's just for open sort of, you know, field stuff, because the front half, if they don't change any of the current um, Paradise layout from last year, then if it's very similar to that, knowing where I'm going, like, I was throwing generally into the right spots. It's just, you know, if the wind was doing something funny and I, and I got unfortunate, or I made a poor up shot. Um, I also wasn't putting as good as what I wanted, which was very annoying. So... Resolving my putting problem is probably the biggest key. Um, and that feels like it's coming together now. Um, it's better than what it was at nationals, but mm -hmm. it just takes time sometimes when I, I had a, a big gap where I wasn't throwing at all. Um, and I missed a lot of competitions that I wanted to play. Uh, what else? No, the wooded section of Paradise, um, I'm not sure if all the holes are going to be the same in there. Um, there were some that a lot of people found overly challenging and some of the lines weren't uh, as obvious, shall I say, as others. <laughs> um, but it's a fun course. I always enjoy being there and I always enjoy playing it. Um, obviously, making sure that I play well um, makes it much more enjoyable. So hopefully this time, you know, I get to get out there and, um, and and play well, especially going I'm going like the Friday is like the practice day for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll try and get out there nice and early and, and walk around and, and sort of make sure I know where I'm going. Um, bright colored discs is always super key. Um, I know I was mentioning that to, uh, <laughs> to somebody um, whose disc I found at Tucker Beach. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, I'm from Paradise. I'm like, oh, well, your green green <laughs> Star Destroyer may not be the best choice uh, to throw at Paradise. You might want to go with a uh, fluoro pink, a bright blue, maybe day glow yellow. Or <laughs> um, because you don't want to be using up three minutes of your time for a lost disc slash walk back to the T 100 and plus meters away up a hill. Oh, You're not going to be very stoked for that. Um, yeah. 
Okay, you mentioned your putting and that you'd want to do a little bit more practice there. Fergus asks, uh, what's your routine for putting practice? Um, lately, it hasn't had, I haven't had as much time to go and practice as I'd like. I've been um, looking to sort of improve that. But when I do have time and I stand and I putt, I'll generally have four putters roughly um, that are all fairly similar in flight if possible. Um, I've been trying to work out what putter I want to use and, and just have as my putter all the time. Um, and I'm not totally decided as to which way I want to go just yet. Um, but when putting, I do practice different styles of putts as well. So I have my standard putt, which is fairly in line and I run from my knee and I extend, uh, from low to high towards the basket, um, and into the center of the pole. And then I'll pick up my feet and reset my feet and and then putt again. I'm not the kind of person who will stand, putt, and then just leave my feet in the same spot and then putt again. Especially if you miss, that doesn't help you because your first putt is the most important putt. Um, and if you're not lining yourself up at the start, then there's no point in the second putt going in because your first putt already missed. Um, and that's sort of how I view it. So I try to set myself up right, putt, take a step to the side, or even just pick up my front foot and then put it back down again, um, and and then putt again the next time. I practice straddle putting a lot as well for you know the outside circle up and down kind of a putt, um, and also even closer stuff where you've got to be around trees and bushes for paradise. That's super helpful. Um, it's often that you're jammed behind something that you want to get get your putt in. There's lots of trees there, especially in that wooded section. Um, and then spin putting. I've been wanting to get a lot better at spin putting. Um, and I do okay at it, but it's not my number one go-to putt. But in the wind, um, and especially in headwind and some crosswind situations, it's the putt to go for. Um, it'll all, you know... it. If you hit it straight in the middle, it's going to go and hold and be straight in the middle. Um, and I think having all the different styles of putts uh, available can help your, you know, help your game. So I try to putt all of them and spend, you know, quite a few reps on each one. Um, the other day I was doing spin putts um, and I probably went backwards and forwards across one of the baskets um, in Queenstown where there's a bit of an angle on a slope so I can putt from the side of the slope to keep it at the normal height and I can go up the hill a little bit and putt downhill and then I can go down the hill and putt uphill. And so I get all the different sort of putting styles all in one area, um, which is quite helpful. And I'd spend a good 40 plus minutes there putting before a round if I've got time. And sometimes after I've played my round, I'll putt. Good stuff. And Good so stuff. like where the notching another like win on the belt you know like taking down queenstown classic you know like you didn't perform too terrible you know like nationals went okay if your putting comes right do you think you'll have a chance to to push for that like tour win again like are you going to try to push for the tour championship um this year it's not even it's not even possible so a lot of people um, if you don't know what the scores are um i'm not sure if they're easily available to see um, I looked from the previous one that was listed 
but knowing that Levi's got a first and a second in a major and he's already got, I think, three other wins according to what the the year breakdown is, it's already yeah. done. So it is it's not like I can get first. Um I'm not sure if Jay Watkinson Jaden has realized this, but he potentially could get second if he wins some other events. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't win, then he might not be able to get second, and Jacko mm-hmm. can probably do it if he gets his three wins in. Because um, I'm, I'm as far as I know, it's only a best of five this year, I or for this year. weird season. So Levi has got it. Jacko and Jaden will fight out for who ends up being second, provided that they both really push to get their three wins of the other events. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Jaden gets three wins, he will finish above of Jacko. Um, and for me, I'm essentially looking to hope that they don't win any other events and that I beat them out. <laughs> um, but the the amount of points that I'm missing off of the majors will probably hold me back and I'll be in that third or fourth spot at yeah. a guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody else is going to pass me in um, from any of the other you know events that they've played. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't really look too heavily into it. So there you go. It, that's my guesses on on, yeah. on who will win yeah. because I kind of have worked most of it out. Well, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one, um, and I think yeah, we we might have a few questions for uh, um, in in regards to the absence of that um, in in future episodes. Um, Mikey, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening, and congratulations on your on your win at Queenstown Classic, um, second year in a row. Um, you'll no doubt be back in 2023 to get the hat trick, um, or at least attempt to. Um, and very best of luck um, at Paradise. Cheers, thank you. Oh, and don't forget Simon. He's also got a couple of good finishes in majors. If he wins a few, then he can sneak. You can't up there. count him out ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, good good to see you, Mikey. Cheers. Cheers. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's oh, go that way around. There we are. Lovely. Um. Yeah. Look. Um. Great performance by Mikey. Um. It, it's you look at the leaderboard and it's crammed with Queenstownians, Queenstownites, <laughs> the Queenstownish. I don't. I don't know how you. The Queenstownish. If I, you're from Queenstown, like leave what let, you guys call yourself what, what down the below. Word. Is it Queenstownite? I. I don't know. Um. I think it's Queenstonian. I would think. Queenstonian. Okay, no, that makes sense. I can go with Queenstonian. Yeah, that sounds less ridiculous. Um, but look, so yeah, great performance by by those uh, by everybody in, in Queenstown for um, uh, for for their results. Um, just on the on the last point there, Brady, I yeah. have to say I'm a little bit sort of frustrated and a bit kind of miffed that oh. the tour standings aren't available and haven't been available the whole year or the whole of this season. I appreciate it's a mid season or whatever, and the yeah. T pad being moved to another system or whatever, and they've got to get someone else to redo it and etc. But 
it's it's middle of March and we've got nothing. Um, right, we have, we have over, three months left in the year. Is it June? Three June months. Is the end of the season, right? Yeah. So June. April, April, May, June, still plenty of events to go. And yeah, we've got a shortened season of five events, and it looks like um, what Mikey said is 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 true, and that Levi's probably got it wrapped up with uh, with with a one two at majors and 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 three ever wins. Fair enough. I, but there'll be people out there, especially actually, especially as we've seen um, a lot of tournaments say, "Hey, you want to register for our tournament? You got to be in the top sixty four in according to the New Zealand Disc Golf Tour, right?" So there'll be a lot of people out there who are kind of going, "Oh, wait a minute! If I..." enter this tournament or do particularly well in this tournament i got a chance of sneaking into the top 64 which then makes registration the following year a lot easier right currently they're blind for everybody um we don't we don't know we don't know where everybody is let alone people who might be fighting for personal pride of wanting to beat them themselves what they what they did last year or um, a matchup that you've got with a mate or i want to make the top 10 what, whatever it might be right i i just think it's there's there's a whole lot that people are missing out on because something which seems, I mean, I, I hate to say things are relatively simple because they're they're not. But um, I, I would have expected a little bit more. Um, well, and, and would, the other thing is that you know, like, and we, I, I remember, you know, like I served on the New Zealand Disc Golf Board for like five years. Um, you know, like before kind of stepping back and focusing more on like Wellington and like being able to like achieve nationals, um, but you know, like it, it, they're all volunteers. They're, they're doing what they can, but it seems like every new board that comes in over the past couple of years is like making a new website and like doing more things with the tour. And it's like, there used to be tour criteria and then it disappeared and now it's come back. And then, you know, like, right. All these points are changing and it used to be, you know, like Mario ran T-pad, but now Mario's not running T-pad anymore. And they're trying to incorporate that into like the new website you know, like, and that's kind of where like all the points like disappeared into the ether for, but yeah, you know, like it's, it's kind of interesting. The fact of, right. You know, like, Oh, like these top 64 and, you know, get to register early um, for New Zealand disc golf events. You know, the, there are certain events like generation disc golf running their one day events down South. Like it's just fair game. Anyone can register, you know, like a lot of these leagues around the country, like anyone can register, you know, and it's Mike even brought it up of, like, I'm a great example of like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, what, a top 20 player. I finished like 14th last year. You know, like I was one major away from finishing in the top 10. I literally only played in one major this year, having run nationals. And I didn't make North Island champs because it got bumped uh, like too close to nationals. I don't even know if I'm going to make the top 20 this year just because of like how the points come down. And the idea too, of like Talpo is already sold out. You know, like I won't be able to make that. So, you know, like here's another tournament that, you know, I could potentially play well at that's going by the wayside. And so it is kind of nice that that it's it's like one, the sport is growing and I love to see that, you know, like and it's it's we're kind of seeing those growing pains that the states are, you know, like back where they were a couple of years ago when you had like the disc golf pro tour and like the disc golf national tour. And we're starting to kind of get this like teething issues of registrations and tiered registrations and like getting people in and tournaments selling out like way in advance. But then there's still like for nationals, I had people literally the night before try to register for the next morning. And I'm like, registration closed a week ago. Like, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You know, like, and so it, it's mental to see it grow, you know, and the idea of 
Right. You know, like that there are points and there's pride and like that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I, I hope that New Zealand disc golf can sort it out soon. I know that Roberts, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the tour director this year has done incredible work when it comes to like getting out the new tour criteria and like, you know, starting to hold people accountable, myself included for nationals. Um, but also, you know, like trying to get the points out, you know, like I think, was there an email that went out like the week before nationals that kind of had like a, a Excel sheet or like a spreadsheet that, had points did you see that or am i, I imagining that i didn't see that sorry if if I, i've either overlooked it or I, it didn't didn't come out um i can see mikey nodding his head in the green room and so that might he's that, that seems that there was something there so i, I will scour back through my emails to, to to see what it was but i i mean i that's i i i think yeah i i i don't know i just didn't i didn't mean this to turn into a bag on the board kind of session that's not the point of today um but i i I did expect by this time of the uh playing year to have some form of um some form of uh you know point system for the for the new zealand tour given 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 i think how important it is and and actually i think it's even more important given the growth that you've talked about and given that we're seeing tournaments with 160 players in which is fantastic um i think the board has to make sure that the um the it, its image is, is it keeps up with the growth of with the growth of the game i don't think it, i think it's got to maintain a level of professionalism um which in my view um uh stretches to 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 publishing to publishing the the scores um as as the sport grows i mean i could be i could be way off and you know if if that's the case then that's the case well actually this this brings up a good point that i'd I'd like to you know like spend a second discussing anyway of Mm. of points like we discussed it in wellington you know like the idea we've been running bag tags for a long time and like this is going to be the first year that if you finish in the top 15 you'll get the chance to get that tag when we start tags next year. Yeah. So the Why idea is last year, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to love that number one tag, eh, man? No, but but the question is, okay, so, well, this is a great question. So, like, we in, in Wellington have decided 15. You know, like, that 15 is a good number for, like, the amount of people and the amount of tags that we sell every year. That that's a good number to represent like people who are playing for a little bit more than pride. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. the tag number truly matters for, for those top 15. So mm-hmm. my question to you is like as a player, you know, like because I've been around the tour a little bit longer. How many positions do you think are playing for points? So like Mikey talked about, you know, like he's been top one, two, three for quite a few years now. Like M- Mikey is arguably one of the best players in the country, like super consistent and tours, you know, like has wins and like that kind of stuff. So how many places are playing for points and playing for the win? And how many, like, then at what point do you start playing for pride? Does that make sense? Mm. So for you, Mm. like as a player and like for points, like what do the New Zealand disc golf points mean to you as a player? To you, Matt Drake, as a player on the New Zealand tour, tour points mean what? Um, the only thing it, the only kind of thing it means to me is, and bearing in mind that I'm a, 
I'm an incredibly mid to low table kind of player, right? So I'm an yeah. also round. Uh, but there's a lot of also rounds. There's a lot of people who fit into that category. And 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 really the only thing for me is is whether I can finish high enough to perhaps sneak into a bracket that would allow me to register for a tournament a day or two earlier. I mean, Nationals is a great point, right? Because um, I remember when Nationals first started, because of my rating and the previous year's position, and that's all my own doing, by, bear in mind, uh, I, yep. I fell into the final tier of registration, right? Um, yeah. And there, if we'd seen the registration take up uh, for nationals as we'd seen for some other tournaments where it was selling out, you know, in 45 minutes or whatever, then I wouldn't have got to play. And that would have been frustrating because it's, you know, hometown and all that. Um, and nationals. But that's the only that's the only thing. That's the only thing for me. Um, I, I don't, I'm personally, I don't hold them in, in, in a huge amount of prestige. Um, I think the, uh, I think the, the, the way in which previously it's, it's done, um, whereby, for example, Mikey's entered into the Masters division purely because that's his age and not based on the division that he plays all of his tournaments in. I think he's done. <laughs> um, uh, and so, yeah, I, I think there's a there's a few things wrong with it. Um, but no, hey-ho, that's, that's yes, yeah, so that's my view. Not They don't have a huge impact, if any at all. Well, and that's... Okay, so that okay, so that brings up another good point. So I, I like that of your you personally being a mm -hmm. mid level, like an, an MA one player. Yeah, you know, like yep. you are trying to compete to make the top sixty four players, so that you mm -hmm. can get early registration. So yep. then, my next question, which I love, so you have people like Mikey who are playing for the win to try to be tour champion. You have players like yourself trying to make sure you can play the events that you would like to play. Mm -hmm. So then, do you feel? as we go forward, as, as, as growth comes, that your placing on the New Zealand tour should be what gets you early registration? Or do you think that your PDGA rating should be more important when it comes to registering for an event? Uh, I think, I think PDGA rating. Ooh, yeah. spicy. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think PG rating. And there'll be people who, who disagree with that. That's fine. Um, I, I think that it, it should be and the reason the reason why is that um as we've as we've spoken about, I think the tour points system um and the way in which tour points are calculated um isn't I I don't think isn't really um, I mean it generally gets it sort of right as to who the best players are and stuff, but it's a it's uh and I, I, I we'll go through this in an in a we're due a stats episode where we go through all this kind of stuff and we go through how we calculate how how the NZDG tour points work and how the for example um, my power rankings work, um, and so. I'm, and I'm happy to take people through that because I understand how it how it's calculated, and I, I'm not sure that the the way it's done is, is 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 as good as the PGA ratings, which do have their flaws, admittedly, and a lot of the um, a lot of the bandings that the that they put out suggesting divisions etc. doesn't really apply for New Zealand as well as it does in the states. But um, I think PGA rating is better than New Zealand tour points um, to to uh to do also it takes into account more events right because there's heaps of events including loads of leagues now which 
have your PDGA rating updated with and don't um, and aren't part of the New Zealand Disc Golf Tour. So all of Generation Disc Golf's uh, series, for example, aren't on the New Zealand Disc Golf Tour, and yet you earn your PDGA rating is affected by them. Uh, the leagues that are being run down in uh, down in down in Christchurch right now, and we've held Wellington Spring and Summer Leagues. All of those um, affect people's PDGA ratings, and yet don't aren't on the New Zealand Tour. So I think that there's there's the, and and when you have more data on a subject you get a regression to the mean you get a you get a, a, a more accurate um representation of what's going on so i it's uh yeah i, I think pg rating yeah so yeah i and i know that power rankings are about to come up so we'll go over that in a second but yeah for any of you those who are still with us in that kind of stuff uh weigh in below you know like cast your vote put a comment below do you think it should be new zealand tour points that gets you early registration or do you think it should be your PDGA rating? Uh, you know, like leave that comment below uh, and we'll, we'll do a little tally to see, you know, like what our viewers are on like one side or the other. But mm -hmm. yeah, speaking of power rankings, you have new stuff. Have, has the data analytics team gone in and crunched the numbers from the classic? Yes, they have, but I will, I will, um, I will just take one mulligan uh, for myself, which is that <laughs> the NZDG did come out on the 26th of uh, February. Ryan has um, linked um, links to the article in the comments, um, and in it, it links to a Google Doc which has got the um, the rankings in there and, and shows uh, and shows Levi uh, out front and probably uncatchable. Um, yeah, and it is. I guess this is what it is. It's up to date up to Makarepi, so doesn't include nationals or queenstown classic can you share that screen with everyone matt uh, i can yeah 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 one moment um one moment caller so what you're looking at is this um and so what this is the google doc that um uh, nzdg uh have shared um and so i'm Do you have a zoom feature for just the names maybe sorry can I zoom in? Oh, it's just probably going to be hard to see for some of our viewers, that's all. Oh, okay. Sorry. Let me go to there. So here are the scores that go across here. And um, Tucker Beach Rush was la in, included in last year's competition, so that, that, that one doesn't get included. Uh, and the Christchurch Fling is the first tournament on the tour of this year, I believe. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, then 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 Twizel, uh Delta Blues, etc. Um, and yeah. so we can see that Levi, he's he's not having won, having come second at national. Sorry, his there'll be a result there for him, and he'll have I don't know fifty nine points or whatever from yeah. national for finishing second. So um, that'll take him to an uncatchable lead because he'll have this, the 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 fifty nine there, the sixty there, the fifty there, the fifty there, and the forty eight point five from the fling, which I. I I, I don't think it's going to be possible for anybody to overtake him. Um, but you can see, you can see here, the, this is the, this is the ranking. So Ryan Cambridge, Mike, you, et cetera. Um, so a lot of, um, if we look down to see Simon Feasy, he's missed out on a whole load of early, um, early year ones, uh, largely due to the um, COVID locking Auckland down over that time, but has come back with two strong results, North Island champs and Macaripi and also he has um, nationals, um yeah, third very, place to uh, yeah. add on to that um and if we if we go down a bit further i'm sure we'll get there's jay watkinson there he'll have 60 points for nationals and then 
second place for Queenstown Classic. So he'll have a couple more to add on. Um, yeah. And then, oh, wow, yeah, didn't expect to get 50th. That'll go down, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and then Jack Sullivan will be somewhere on this list, but I haven't seen him yet. Um, he may, I may have gone past him. But anyway, um, yeah. So, so what what I what I'd say is there's um, um, the I think it's it's great that they've shared it. Um, it's not a live document, that's a shame, and it's not one that's been updated like the next day, that's a shame. Anyway, um, yeah, that's 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 there. And uh, thank you, Mikey, for for linking to the document there, and you'll find it on Ryan's uh, Ryan's link um, as well. Um, Right, lots of comments actually coming in. Let's go to, to some of these to some of these comments. Elliot asks, and Jason agrees, why have early registration at all? Right. Brady, where do you sit on this? Early rego or no? Oh, I'm 100 percent early rego. Yeah. Um as a tournament director, like one, it just makes everything considerably easier. You know, like the idea that yeah. nationals this year, I had by using disc golf scene, by having pre-registration, by having early registration, it meant I could do and plan and budget all of the things that I needed to do so that mm -hmm. it, it meant I could run an A tier. I, I wasn't sure that we were going to make it, but you know, yeah. like, you know, me and me and the planning committee, you know, like the guys that I brought in on board this year, you know, like we, we crunched the numbers and, and we got there and, and I was really happy for that. So I, I definitely agree that it needs to be done. Like uh, especially for me too, with, with nationals, you know, with the event that I held, I, I wanted the best in the country to be there. You know what I mean? And yeah. so we did yeah. everything in our power with registration, with as much communication as we had with giving as big a windows where it wasn't like, Oh, you have a couple hours to register. It's like, no, you had 48 hours. Like you had a couple mm -hmm. days for each tier. So you could actually properly try to get like the best in the country to register first and arguably they did and if you look you know nothing against the queenstown classic nothing against like what happened in that kind of stuff but you know like nationals was competitive you know it did come down to the last few holes there were a couple strokes in it it wasn't a blowout so mm. the idea that the the competition that we saw uh the footage that's about to come out you know like everything is sitting there waiting for commentary uh is going to be incredible and so, you know, like early registration allowed that to happen. If you just had, oh, hey, look, you know, and again, I don't really want to bag on like this isn't me bagging on on Auckland. I'm just using you guys as an example. You know, it's like, oh, sweet. You know, like I'm I'm chilling on a Friday night, you know, like I'm I'm, I'm stuck indoors because I don't want to go out and, you know, like risk any of the crazy things that are going on outside your door at these at this crazy time in the pandemic. And you're just sitting there in front of a computer and you happen to log in at the right time and you happen to, you know, like register at the right time. And then, you know, you have a bunch of like junior, pl junior players are great. MA3 players are great and like that kind of stuff. But as a tournament director, if I want the best in the country to comp be competing on my course and to be competing for a national title or a regional title or a North Island championship, mm -hmm. I want that those players to get that chance to be there. You know what I mean? And if all the regular local players are like jumping in and that kind of stuff, I can't necessarily feature or have those type of players come in and, and play my event from a tournament standpoint. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting one. Um, Fergus makes a point. I'm going to make a counterpoint to this, but I'd be interested to hear your views, um, Brady, as well. Yeah. Uh, Fergus says, yeah, but at the same time, there are a lot of players that don't have the opportunity to play in the leagues. 
such as Christchurch Run and in Wellington. And the only chance for their PGA ratings to be updated other than uh, is, is through tour events. What's your counterpoint, Matt? Well, my counterpoint is that PGA leagues are incredibly easy to set up and run. Um, so, Fergus, I don't know where we are, where, you, where you're based. I think you're based in, in Auckland. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and uh, if you play in the Henderson Weekly League, uh, I, I mean, that league gets 50, 60 people show up every week, right? It, it doesn't, it, there's not a lot of extra work um, to make that event a PGA sanctioned event. Now, sure. There are some things that you need to do, right? So, and there are, um, Fergus is based in Tar now. I couldn't have got that more wrong. Um, but anyway, I, I'll, I'll use Auckland as the, as the example, and then I'll come down and, and give an Atiano, um, uh, example. Um, with it wouldn't take much at all to make that event or that league a PGA sanctioned league. The, um, it's, it's actually, incredibly easy the pga are very loose on their restrictions and uh and and uh, necessary things you need to do in order to run the league um i, I remember i've spoken to a few people around the country about setting setting leagues up and i fergus i'd be happy to do the same with uh with, with you as well if you if you want to send us a, a message i can i can go through it in a little bit more detail there's not much to it it's pretty easy um and uh and and so what i would say is you know, you really only need three, is it three propagators to kind of get your, get your rating from it? There we go. Um, and, and then that's, that, that's, that's it. If you, if you want to run it, build it and they will come, right? Brady. Uh, well, Mikey's giving us that we need six propagators, I think. Um, oh, but I think it might will... be less than that. I think it might be less. I'd, I'd want to check it. I'm, well, I'm I'll tell you now, you need this many propagators. Well, you, need... you don't need any. <laughs> So like the idea of like running a league, trust me, like I've been running events for, I've been running PDG events for eight years, mm. you know, like you don't need nothing. Yeah. You could play, if you have discs and an object course, you can run a PDGA league. I am mm -hmm. not joking you. Yeah. Like the fact that yeah. Fergus, you're in Teano, I know that Teano has a course. It has actually a pretty decent course. I'm pretty sure I love mm. the back nine. Um, you can have a course there. Like they're not, who cares if they're not PDJ like baskets with like the big old lobster catchers out there on the front nine, you know, and then you have the helixes for the back nine. You can still run a PDJ event. You can still play in that PDJ event. You can run a league for anywhere from like six weeks to 10 weeks. Um, that'll instantly make you a propagator if you run one of those leagues. Yeah. Um, so all you have to do is run two. Matt's run two out in Upper Hut. I ran a 10 week league here in town. Um, yeah. So, Please, Fergus, mm -hmm. reach out. We'll help you run that league. All you need is totally. you need a course that's measured. Uh, you can even do that on UDISC. UDISC is accurate enough mm -hmm. now, if you take your time, um, to set up a course, measure it out, put it up on the PDGA website of like, this is a course, this is measured, and then that will start to give you ratings. Yeah. And so the I'm idea wondering. of it just, it, it takes a little work on up front. Heck, I can even help you with that from here in Wellington. So yeah, if you're anywhere in the country, whether it's Fergus, you're down in Tiana, or you're in Queenstown or Hastings or whatever, if you guys need help with the PDJ, reach out to to me or Matt or Sweet Chain, and yeah, you know, like we'll hook yeah. you up and, and get you get you some PDJ rating grounds. The cost is incredibly small. Uh, it costs twenty five. All these numbers are in dollars, US dollars, right? So it costs twenty five US dollars to sanction the league, and then it costs a further. 50 US cents per player per league night 
right? So if I play six out of the 10 weeks, then that's three dollars. It's it costs to for each for, for everybody, right? So if there's me and Brady playing in this league, I play for six weeks, Brady plays for eight weeks, then there's a total cost there of seven dollars, right? So um that gets added and charged at the end. Outside of that, you can do whatever you like. You can give away cash. You can not give away cash. You can have ace ace races. You could ha- you can do it however you like. Uh, you can the ones I've run in Wellington have been eighteen holes. You've won a twenty hole one. I think you might need to go to eighteen for it to be kind of. I think that might be the minimum, but I, I don't want to be quoted on that. Um, it's it's really really easy, and I think there's probably enough players in town now. Certainly, if you've got a, a, a course of that quality down there, um, then it would suggest that you do. Um, that and, and I know you get longer evenings, especially this time of year. Uh, but but even on a you know Sunday morning, whatever. Um, I, I build it, and they will come. And uh, Fergus, if you if you want some help with this, then then I'm more than happy to to, to help out how we can. Um, right. Um, I want to bring up this, actually. I think it's a really good point. It's coming from one of our veterans. So Ron Blumenthal, he's behind uh, Small Planet Disports, for those who don't know. Uh, And and he brings up a great point. So, like, he talks about an AM tour. Um, So, you know, like, we're starting to see, like, MA1 and MA2 and MA3 come up in tournaments and and be that. But we don't quite have an amateur tour yet. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, and he brings up a good point about, you know, like, that we're still in a growth phase here in New Zealand. And so, like, we need to find a way to continue to encourage new players to get into the competitive side of the sport and start to play tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and it's one of those that I would argue that, you know, like, Matt, what you and I have been doing in Wellington, you know, like what Christchurch is starting to do, what Auckland is starting to do, that I think leagues are really kind of one of the ways forward. Um, when it comes to like that professional side of things and getting players into competition, I think leagues are a great way to to introduce people into competition. Um, not mm-hmm. only you know, and kind of, I know when I'm playing a casual round, we have we have social rounds here in Wellington every Sunday at two out in Barrenpore. You know, I I'm gonna remind someone, hey, you can't like hold that branch out of the way. It's like, oh, actually, you know, like kind of watch your foot placement. It was a bit of a foot fault. You didn't step behind your mark. You actually stepped on top of it or to the side of it, you know, like just kind of be mindful the next time, you know, like, but once you kind of start to get leagues, oh, it's a little bit more competitive. Oh, it's a little bit more serious. And, I, and I'd and i really like to see more leagues kind of pop up. And I think that's mm. a kind of great way forward. And I think that if we make those leagues PDGA sanctioned, they don't necessarily need to get you tour points. But if that PDGA rating then starts to get you early registration, that means you can start to register for your local and for events as you, as you go forward and play around the country. And and I think, yeah, that'll kind of be a great way to get people into that competitive Mm -hmm. side of things. Right. Let's move on. Let's go to the, let's go to the power rankings, but before we do um, the upcoming events um, from around the country. So paradise is next um, on the um, two weeks time or sorry, just over a week's time. Um, Then we've got the Brook Park Brave in Tequity. That's two, three weeks after. Um, and then Topol the week after that, the Montana Flat, the finale of uh, that's Generation Discos finale event that's on the same weekend as, as Topol, and then the King Country Classic um, the week after. So quite a few uh, free weekends of back-to-back mid-North Island tournaments there. If you uh, if you live in the area, you're in for a treat in April. 
as you get to play free free tournaments on your doorstep. So, uh, so yeah, try and get to those um, if you're in the middle of the North Island. Well, yeah, and yeah, I was going to say, I can mention, you know, like us here in Wellington, the Greater Wellington uh, Committee are currently working uh, to have our next Teupico, so our next club day. Uh, mm-hmm. We're looking to actually do that first Sunday in April, so April 3rd. Uh, potentially there's a Teupico coming out at Trentham. Um, to help support Scott and Woodhouse Disc Golf out there and, you know, like help grow that community and club. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that if you're in the capital. Even if you're in the greater Wellington region or in the lower north, uh, yeah, feel free to potentially join us for our next Teupico. Uh, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, Matt, let's see this data analytics team. Who's who's top of the table? <laughs> right. So um, the, the the top 20 in each um in each division, in the ladies' division, Amy Whitmore moves up one spot into 11th place. And Michaela Crisp, after the, her um, victory in um, FPO, um, climbs into 20th position. Um, and in the uh, men's division, Mikey Yu climbs 11 places up to uh, fifth. Um, oh, Hemi moves Mikey. up a spot and a few other movements in the top 20. Now looking but at 21 to 40 in each division. These again, these are changes since the um since the Queenstown Classic. So Morgan Hartfell with the biggest move of this uh of this um week up 38 places to 29th following uh his third place in um at Queen in Queenstown. And if you can see your name on there, a little bit something I'll something I will mention actually. Um in terms of the in terms of the standings is in order to if you're not if you don't see your name on any of the next few pages there could be a few reasons for that one you could be outside of the top 60 or the top 100 uh, top 60 ladies and top 100 men right that's one way in which you won't see your name um the other way you won't see your name is if you've played if you're a lady and you've played fewer than two events sorry fewer than three events, so two or less events in the last 40. Or if you're a man, then you've played fewer than five, so four or less events in the last um, in the last 40. Okay, and that's kind of a rolling period. So as we go through, if you played a, an event and then that drops you out, then that'll drop you out of the rankings. Um, and that's to maintain a little bit of the integrity of the rankings to ensure that the uh, we don't we don't get big sharp movements up and down um and to ensure that we've got a suitable enough data so um so yeah there we go um some well-known names in the top uh 40 there with morgan hartfeld moving the most as we go oh, went too far as we go uh down gladys bernardo uh, took out second place in uh fpo and moves up seven places to 49th in the process um and roddy mckay took out fifth in mpo uh, and moved up 23 spots as a as a, as a as a result, and Paul Child's runner-up in MP40 um, was enough to move um, him into 43rd, and so that becomes, in this example, his fourth tournament in the last um, 40, and so that that that's why he um, jumps into there. We've got MA1 champion from Nationals, Mitch Hudson, there in 47th. Um, so looking at 61st to uh, the hundredth. Uh, uh, in the men, Jack Bailey had a strong Queenstown Classic, moves up 17 spots, and Jin Cato moves up 31 spots uh, thanks to his eighth place um, in Queenstown. So uh, hopefully you can see your name on the list there. Um, 
course, your name might not be on the list if it's you're anything like me and you've um, and you and you and you come one hundred and fourth, then uh, then you narrowly miss out um, this time. Yeah, good to see the Hall of Famer there, you know, is actually making the top 100. And, you know, like shout out to Patrick Marsland for climbing 14 spots into the top 100. So, you know, like really good to kind of like see those few players sneaking on down the bottom uh, to make Mm. the list this week. So, yeah, congratulations to those guys. Yeah. Um, And there'll be an episode coming up um where we you know when we don't have a tournament to talk about um then we'll go through these rankings in a little bit more detail and i explain exactly how they work but um this is uh this is um what they are for now so hopefully um hopefully that gave you some insight um lovely stuff right oh it's been quite a uh have we got anything else on the list? I don't think we do um lovely so um thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, this evening um very best of luck or oh, very well done sorry to everybody who uh played in queenstown and particularly the divisional winners there um and very best of luck for everybody prepping 10 days out of paradise um there's lots of tournaments coming up in april they're still thick and fast it might be starting to get cold but it's still uh it's still going on um and as we've seen plenty to play for um wherever you're playing disc golf uh this week then Take it easy, play well, get some birdies, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.